Hey, babies. Looks like it's just you and me today. Well, you and me and this here quilt I want to tell you about. The one I made from a shirt I found walking down the beach one morning. You're listening to Seamside, where we explore the inner work of textiles. I'm your host, Zach Foster, and today we're going to take a look together at one of my favorite quilts. Don't I say that every time? Probably. Before we jump into talking about this quilt, though, don't forget, I'm giving away two subscriptions, year-long memberships to the Nook, to two people listening to the sound of my voice right now. 12 months of the Nook means that you get 12 workshops taught by 12 different visiting artists, 24 sewing circles hosted by yours truly, along with countless other sewing circles almost every day of the week from other good folks at the Nook. To enter the giveaway, all you got to do is click on the link in the show notes below. There's something happening every day on the Nook. There's so much to love. I hope to see you there. Now it's a gray Tuesday here in Brooklyn. I'm sitting here waiting for my sage tea to finish brewing. When I'm not having coffee, sage tea tends to be my go-to. And I've just finished what I'm calling the beach shirt quilt. I found this shirt walking down the beach on another gray morning about six weeks ago down at Brighton Beach. My friend Matthew called me up and said, wouldn't it be a fine day to go walk along the beach? And you know, I never say no to that invitation. So he came and picked me up. We drove down to Brighton Beach, down by Coney Island near Nathan's Hot Dogs, if you're familiar. And then we just kept walking west all the way to the tip where it turns into more residential neighborhoods, a part of the island I'd never been to before, which is really sweet. And I'm glad we walked down that far because there Matthew and I found along our path this clump of sand-colored, dun-colored fabric. And when I picked it up and shook the sand off of it, I knew immediately that this was going to be the starring feature for a quilt that I would go on to make. I thought immediately of another quilt I'd made where I took a shirt that I'd found in the middle of an intersection here in Brooklyn. And you probably remember me talking about that quilt because it was sun bleached by spending so many weeks in the sun in the middle of that intersection getting run over. I took that shirt, cut it up, and arranged it into this new silhouette. And I love that process so much that I was interested in exploring it again. So here I took this shirt and I didn't have the whole shirt. I had, just to give you a little bit of an inventory, the right front panel, one half of a sleeve, half of a long sleeve, and then the back of the shirt along with the yoke across the shoulders. Half of it, who knows where it is today, floating around the ocean somewhere, I suppose. In fact, it didn't even occur to me until I started sharing this project on social media what might have brought this shirt to me. You know, I'm so used to picking up discarded materials from the sidewalks and streets of Brooklyn that I didn't think too much about finding a shirt on the beach. But I do hope that however this shirt made its way to me, that anybody who's ever worn it is safe and happy and feeling good about where they are right now in life. After I got all the sand shook off, I really began to marvel at the coloration that happened in this garment. Because y'all know I love working with discarded materials, but I'm kind of picky, right? I want a garment that reads something other than dirty. And so I'm looking for different qualities to decide whether or not I'm going to make a quilt out of a garment that I find. And in this one, it's the coloration that happened from who knows what, the bleaching of the salt water, the bleaching of the sun. There's some parts that look rather stained. 
but not in a way that feels dirty. It just feels more like natural variation of a landscape. There were even some patches throughout this garment that had turned orange. I assume they must have come in contact with something rusty at some point. There are all these little holes where the salt water had eaten away at weaker points of the fabric with little raw threads silhouetting those edges. And there are two spots on this shirt where they're really special. I don't know what to call them. I'm just going to call them incrustations. I, I couldn't pick them off. I couldn't wash them off. Not that dried. I just use a shirt the way it is. And I love that because it smells like the ocean. Even to the very end when I was sewing on this quilt, I would still get a little taste of salt water in the back of my throat from working so closely with this quilt. But there's these two little incrustations and you can see grains of sand in there. You can see a little chip of a shell in there, almost like a barnacle on the bottom of a boat. The colors are beautiful. The orange spots I have chosen to highlight with some bright orange pearl cotton thread just to make those orange moments pop a little bit. I arranged the pieces of the shirt that I had into a composition, into a configuration that I found pleasing, and it just so happened to turn out looking kind of like a treasure map of an island with a couple of big lagoons floating in the middle. One that looks like the Big Dipper and one that looks like a golf club or maybe an upright vacuum cleaner. I'm not quite sure. I floated the composition of this shirt on a layer of blue collage patchwork. And the reason I picked blue, not because I was so intentionally trying to reference land and sea, but it's this blue that is so beautiful and offers such a perfect counterpoint to the tan, sandy colors of the shirt that I knew that that had to be the background for this piece. There's a couple of really special fabrics beyond just the shirt that have made their way into the background of this piece. One, there's a scrap of material that Matthew brought me all the way back from his recent trip to Greece. He gave me this beautiful piece of blue and white fabric that you can see along the top edge of the quilt. And along the left edge of the quilt, there's an old salvaged quilt square. It's blue with white eagles on it. And that was a gift from Amanda Nadig at one point in time. There's even a little scrap along the top edge of a remnant left over from the necktie quilt that Amanda and I worked on. It just felt like in the very end, I mean, the thing was quilted and bounded everything, y'all. And at the very end, I'm like, mm, this composition still needs something. It had two dark shapes in the bottom corners. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to triangulate them. And so I put a scrap of that dark silk at the very top, just fold it right over the binding and then tacked it down on the back and all of a sudden, the composition just snapped into focus for me, and I knew I was done. It's beautiful when it happens that way. Now, more and more, I'm enjoying quilting scraps of fabric straight to batting, just going straight to the part that I'm loving the most. And that's what I did here. I found this old baby quilt from a thrift store that I really liked. It had the good weight, good crinkle, good size, all those things. And so I just pinned all the blue background fabrics and the shirt panels on top of that quilt and just started quilting. I just did long hand-sewn rows, leaving some knots exposed and hiding some knots. I tried to start in different places so you see short rows of knots, little dashes here and there. They're especially evident because I used a blue quilting thread. So on top of the island, we'll call it, on top of the shirt, you can see the stitches pretty clearly. But then on top of the blue background, they just disappear. And this is the first time that I can recall that I've used the same color thread as the fabric. Usually I like the, the stitches to pop. I mean, if we're going to put all that work into something. 
might as well have something to show for it, right? But I really liked in this project how it allowed the shirt to come forward and the background to recede. So that felt like a, a good choice to make here. It got to a point that I'd finished quilting this piece and it still didn't feel done. I looked at all the scrappy flaps that were hanging over the edge of the baby quilt and realized that if I squared it off now, it felt like it'd be doing damage to the quilt somehow. And so I ended up adding about five inches all the way around of batting. I just used interfacing, fusible interfacing to attach it. And then I widened the whole composition by five inches in every direction. That allowed me to keep the flappy scraps I like so much. And I worked in this light blue foundation border that those slaps could lay on. And the way that brought it all together, giving it both an organic natural collage vibe and some nice set edges for the quilt, I, I couldn't be happier with it. it. Turned out really nicely. It's kind of funny how my work is moving in the last several months. When I look at this quilt, with its raw edges exposed and the knots of the threads and the collagey haphazard nature of how I put down the blue pieces. It makes me think about how there was a time in my life where none of this would have felt natural to me. When I first started quilting, I was heavily geometric, machine sewing, very precise. All those edges turned under the stitches real neat and all that. And I lived my life that way. You know, I had schedules and I had plans. And that's all good, except for the fact that life is often messy. And so I just chalk it up to the, the inner work of fabric, the, what material is showing me about how to move through this world, which is have your plans, have your point on the horizon to aim for, but also to be open to new things to come across that horizon and to be able to adapt and step to the side when that happens and rethink, recalibrate your path and your trajectory. And I look at this quilt and I see mirrored back to me how much I've grown as a human being through my practice of quilting. Quilting has given me such a rich treasure trove of metaphors to work with and to think about life that I can say without a doubt that I would not be the same Zach today talking to you now if I hadn't discovered quilting about 12 years ago. That's something I'm so thankful for. One of the things that I think draws me to working with these whole discarded garments is that it reclaims the discard. It reclaims the disregarded, maybe. This shirt, for anybody else that saw it on the beach, was probably just trash when they walked on, leaving it there. But when I saw it, it felt like the universe had given me a gift, and I wanted to do right by that gift. Here was a shirt, half a shirt, and it was within my power to make it relatively whole again, to cobble together different pieces of fabric, blues in this case, to take this garment that has been so weathered and so worn and was in such rough shape and to make it whole again. And I think there's another metaphor for living in there somewhere, right? That no one garment can or should be everything. No one quilt can or should be everything. And no one person can or should be everything. That it takes a complement of a wide variety of things and people coming together to make something whole and to make something beautiful. When I look at the raggedy edges of this shirt, 
like maybe where a sleeve got torn off. Someone else might look at that and read it as damaged, but it's been transformed now. And I think that's what keeps me coming back to textiles over and over. Maybe that's what makes me an artist. Maybe that's what makes people artists, this power of transformation. It's within our control to say that what we see right now in our hands isn't all that it can be. That it's within our power to turn this thing into something else entirely. So with our fingers, we sew, and we set about to make a new world or a new quilt. Let's not get too grandiose. But in making that quilt, we're also working on ourselves and we're working on this world, transforming it and changing it into all that we know it can be, one stitch at a time. Now, I was going to leave this episode right there on that note, but when I told my friend Matthew that I walked down the beach and found this shirt with, that I was recording a reflection about this quilt, he said he wanted to add his side of the story. So here's Matthew with what happened that morning on the beach. Zach, I did not see the universe give you anything on our walk down that beach. What I saw was you being open to the world. And I think that for people like me who struggle to live a narrative in which the universe is giving and the universe is inspiring and the muse is speaking, I think that for me, that experience of walking with you was a lesson in how to be interested in every step and open every step and grateful to every step, but really to be interested. Like, what is this thing? We were combing for beach glass. We were poking that seagull with a stick. We were looking at different kinds of lighthouses and Brooklyn architectural styles. And when you picked up that shirt, I didn't see what you saw, but you were seeing it through the eyes of someone who was interested in its potential, in its story and in its usefulness as an artist. And I think that's absolutely a set of enactable strategies for anyone who is struggling to receive from the universe, have the muse speak to them, be struck by inspiration. These are idioms and cliches, but they are created by your real intentional stance that you enacted with me on that beach. You were interested in every step.